How are you getting on? Huh? Sitting here. Sitting here back in time. Yeah? When you hear this, it'll be my son when you hear this. I will be old. I will be one day of whatever. Drinking my coffee, fresh ground. What you drink it from? A cafetier. From a cafetier. Tony. How are you getting on? Um, I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm not going to lie. Um, I. This is my second, second time recording this episode. I recorded one. An entire episode. And then I clicked out of GarageBand. And it said, do you want to save? And I said, no. Gary got the finger in and hit no. And I I blimped it. I blimped it. I fucking blimped it. See, Killian, I said I was going to steal that off you. My pal Killian. He used that. He's like, oh, yeah, I tell you, Fina Gale really blimped it in the elections. And I'm like, I'm stealing that. That's mine now. And I told him I would. So here it is, part two. Part two of doing this episode again. Um, and you know what as well? This is something I want to say, right? Uh, I am... I'm going to do this one with... You might have listened to the previous episodes. And I've done a lot... I've done a lot of chopping and changing, Right? Not only Gary, not only has Gary been finger heavy, I've been fingering the spacebar, which stops the recording, and then I've been deleting it. Things that I think, no, that's stupid, I'm going to delete it, I'm going to go back. And as a result, the recent episodes have been a bit more chopping and changing. But this episode, especially because I have to do it twice, I am doing zero edits. I'm doing it fucking raw! It's fucking raw! Scallops are like golf balls. That's my Gordon Ramsay. That's my Gordon Ramsay impression. It's great. Everyone loves it. No, it's fine, Tony. I'm going to sell this to you. You're going to love this. You're going to love me. So I recorded the first one at nine this morning. Uh, I was editing it as well, and then uh, and then and then I and then I deleted it. Um, but look. It's three o'clock on Monday. The regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. Just like that. Billy, Billy Joel. They say Joel here in Ireland, but we know it's Joel. Um, making love to his tonic and gin. What do you think that sounds like, huh? Here, here's, my, here's my impression of that, right? Um, say, um, say, just for example, say, because I do the good uh, Gordon Ramsay one as well. So here I am, right? I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in Rockefeller Center, Rockefeller Plaza, uh, auditioning for SNL, right? And you have to go in with impressions, right? So here I am, I'm in front of Lorne Michaels, right, for SNL, and I'm gonna give him my impressions, right? Hey, Gordon, how you getting on? <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh, I, uh, so, so I do a couple of impressions. Here's one I do, uh, Gordon Ramsay, right? Here's one. Here's my impression of Gordon Ramsay. Listening to the latest unedited episode, unedited episode of Tony Campbell's shit show. Right here we go. It's fucking raw. Right, so that's one. 
Um, here's another one I do. Uh, this is my impression of what it would sound like if, you know that line in uh, Piano Man by Billy Joel, where he says, There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. This is what I, I think that would sound like. Stop fucking the glass! It's raw! <laughs> Gordon Ramsay works there as well. Um... <laughs> Lauren Michaels nodding along. If you like it, then say something, Lauren, right? Don't you know? Don't you know who I fucking am? Don't you know who I am? Uh, here's another one I do. This is one of Johnny Depp uh, moving to Sweden uh, and uh, starting uh, to incrementally kind of pick up the accent, um, and 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 as well as that, he's kind of picked up uh, the 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 metric system, right? Do you get the premise? Okay, we well, say yes if you get the premise. Sorry, Lauren, I'm just a bit excited. Um, Lauren Michaels, here we go. Uh, this is Johnny Depp living in Scandinavia, in Sweden, and he's given directions, right? Uh, oh, hey there, um, I'm Johnny Depp. Uh, are you looking for the uh, delicatessen? Oh, uh, yeah, it's about uh, 200 uh, meters or so down there. Oh, yeah, uh, if you just pass by, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, Edward Scissorhands, remember... Uh, uh, I remember Tim Burton, he said, uh, Tim, he said, oh, well, if you want to, um, we're going to put scissors on your fingers and they're going to be 30 centimeters or so. Apparently, Lauren, uh, Lauren, apparently you don't laugh, so you're, uh, in famously, Lauren doesn't laugh, so easy. Uh, here's my last one. Right, this is one, this is one I do. Um, this is my impression of, um, uh, this is my impression of uh, uh, Liam Neeson uh, getting himself out of trouble. I don't know if you remember uh, Lauren Michaels. He, he he said he wanted to, to bash all the black people. Well, this is my impression of him getting his, himself out of trouble um, in a very... Uh, in a, uh, here we go. Uh, here we go. Uh, curly whirly. Curly whirly. Uh, Liam. Uh. Listen, um, all those comments I've made in the past that have caused some controversy, I, I do apologise, and I would like to point out now that it was um, essentially all just a bit of promotion for my new film, Taken the Mick I Was Only Messing. And then, um, and here's just a classic one, uh, just a zinger, because um, funnily enough, I uh, was trying to impress my niece, uh, and I did an impression of a cow, um, and it was so good that my mother-in-law, this is no word of a lie, two days ago, um, said, oh my goodness, that's incredible, that sounded exactly like a cow, right? So this is what I was doing, right? <coughs> I did it better. I did it better the other day, Lauren. Ah, uh, no, Lauren, don't do me like that. I did it better in front of my mother-in-law. Please, I have a bomb. I have a fucking bomb. I have a bomb and I have a box cutter. I have a bomb. I want to see the pilot. I have a bomb. Sorry, that was my last impression of a 9-11 uh, terror. No, I, 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 um, yeah, this is um, Tony Cantwell's shit show. So, all right, here we are. Episode 12. Um, episode 12, um, that is the same amount of episodes as uh, 
a, a comedy legacy. Faulty Towers. I've actually never seen it. I've actually never seen it. I've actually never seen it. Um, but but if people are saying, so if you want to recommend this to a friend, hey, um, have you listened to Tony Cantwell's shit show? No, no. What's it like? Um, well, have you ever seen Faulty Towers? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it's one of the best shows. Well, well, this show has the same amount of episodes, so <laughs> you can decide whether it's as good. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah, 12, 12 episodes, uh, a good, and the original Office, the original, um, excluding the, the first two seasons of The Office, so soon, Jesus, three episodes uh, um, away from completely trumping the, uh, Gervais and co uh, by uh, doing more episodes. So listen, um, I, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> There's the enthusiasm of doing a second uh, episode of the day uh, after the first one was deleted. But listen, don't worry. We're getting excited here. Okay, look, maybe I need to do a bit of a freestyle rap just to get the juices flowing. Okay. Okay. Boom. Ta. Boom. Boom. Ta. Boom. Boom. Ta. Boom. Boom. Ta. I can't believe I'm doing this twice. I thought I had it right, but I did a big shite on the deck. Did a shite on the deck of the ship. Shit, shitting on a ship. I shit on the ship because I did a first episode and it was shit and I couldn't go. Oh, fucking hell. You wouldn't treat a dog like that. You wouldn't treat a dog like that. I got a nice message from someone. I got... See, I don't know how to use... Um, I get messages from people on Instagram. Not to brag, right? Sometimes I get messages off people. And people to be saying things like they like the show. Some people to be saying extraordinarily gorgeous stuff. And do I keep it in my back pocket for when I need, for a little rainy day when I need to feel good? No. But do I keep the other ones in my back pocket? The one, the one criticism I've got in this podcast so far, which wasn't even a criticism, and I'll tell you, it was so light, I shouldn't even wear it. But I have it, I have it almost stuck to me. Some guy said, yeah, Tony Cantwell, uh, a five-star man with a three-star podcast. That is the only negative review I've ever had on this podcast that I've seen. And yeah, that sticks with me. Not the ones that people are saying, uh, you know, it's the best part of my Tuesday. Or it's my favorite podcast. Or, you know. And even Gary doesn't even want me saying that. Gary's trying to shut me down. Well, I'm going to shut you down, Gary. And also, the reason I brought this up. Someone, sorry, if you just, if this is your first episode, Gary is my co-host. Uh, he's part of my brain who likes to shut me down and stop me from talking. And I'm trying to reintroduce Momoa, who is um, based on Jason Momoa, who is my better half, who says nice things about myself. And the both are kind of in, in, well, Momo is a secondary character. I haven't fully developed him yet. Anyway, sure. Someone got in touch on Instagram and they said, I, and again, this is why I'm, I feel like an old man. I get messages on Instagram and I can't find them again. I can't find them again. They get missing and I can't find them again. So someone very nice, so thank you very much for sending this message, said, hey, Tony, and I'm paraphrasing here. I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something like, hey, Tony, oh, my God, you're stunning. You're the most amazing man I've ever seen. Um, You know, your hair's lovely. Uh, no, she said, uh, she said, hey, Tony, um, I had my own Gary experience in that I was doing my driving test. And while I was driving, I had this voice in my head kind of telling me I couldn't do it. And I had to pull out the whole, you wouldn't treat a dog like that. And I was able to pass the test. So congrats. Well done on that one. I should point out as well, this whole Gary voice in your head, this negative voice isn't my thing. It's I, I stole it. 
It's Brezzy's thing. You know, my you know, my mate Jeffrey or whatever it's called. The other voice in his head. So I'm just calling mine Gary. And, you know, uh I I saw I stole I stole I stole the Jeffrey thing. I stole Blimpta off Killian uh, and I stole Clem off um Owen Colgan and the, the Hardy Bucks boys. So, you know, patter theft, fine. It's not material, do you know what I mean? I'm not you know you can call me Amy Schumer because I stole a thing. Anyway. Anyway, guys, um, I did say, if you were listening to the last episode, I was talking about Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. And I gave you some. I gave you some lovely romantic tips on what you can do to brighten up your partner's Valentine's some sweet ideas just to remind you some of them one was get them some uh, cured meats or a charcuterie board was one um another one was um write them some uh, erotica write them some erotic fiction that's the one where i had a breakdown at the end of the episode because i could barely get that out write your partner erotic fiction potentially based um you know you can do whatever you want you know you can do a like Fairly, oh, hey, it's just you and me. Hey, you and me, we're in the, the Morrison Hotel. Or you and me, we're um, whatever. Or it's, you know, or go 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 crazy. Say, I am, you know, I you are, you're one, and I'm Oshin, and I've just gone to Tirnanog, and I've just put my foot down on the ground, and I've turned into an old man, and you and me are having sex, and we're both old men. Whatever you want to do, you can write that as your, as your fiction. Um... And another idea was uh, looking at the first messages you've sent back and forth to your partner to kind of be like, hey, that was the first thing we said to each other. Isn't that sweet? I got it embroidered on a towel. Um, now, did I follow my um, uh, 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 voice? Uh, did I did I practice what I preach? Did I do fuck all you creep? Mama, 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 I did fuck all. I didn't do that. I didn't do it. I didn't do any of those things. You can't you can't trust me. You shouldn't trust. You shouldn't trust me as I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Hmm. So you shouldn't be trusting me. I didn't do it. Well, you should. I am your guru. I'm whatever. <laughs> I didn't do it. But here's a little tip for you. Yeah. You see, on Valentine's and birthday, see, there's always a mythology to it. Don't worry. I didn't do what I said I was going to do. But there's a reason. The reason is, it's the now. Today it's Monday. My wife's going to be home. My wife is going to be home in about an hour, right? Um, I bought her flowers today. I bought her flowers today, a couple of days after Valentine's, right? So while everyone's posting their things online, oh, my partner, oh, I love them. I'm bringing in flowers four days later. So now I stand out and she's going to be like, oh, my God, wow, you did something special on just a regular day when I could have been, when I could have done with the cheering up. Bingo. That's what you need to do, and especially with birthday presents. I have a policy of get not giving birthday presents for six months after it's the person's birthday. All right? It's not that I forgot. You give it six months later, and then you just meet up with them for brunch or coffee or whatever it is, and you're like, oh, hey, here's your birthday present. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so sweet of you. How thoughtful of you, ignoring the fact that essentially you're handing in your junior search test a month or six months later or whatever, your homework six months later forgetting the fact that this is six months later like oh my god that is so sweet and then what's supposed to be 
a big thing for them on their birthday, you know, getting a present. And you don't want to be given presents in the mix of all the other presents, right? You want to be given a present in, in where yours gets to stand out. So what would have been a very selfless act of giving someone a present now becomes the Tony Cantwell trademark of a very selfish act where I want to be praised for giving you something six months late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, just, it was knocking around the house. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I did think about it. Here's your, here's your birthday present. Yeah, why don't, you open, why don't you open it in front of, why don't you open it in front of everyone? Yeah, yeah, open, open it now. Oh my God, it's a custom t-shirt that has whatever. Shut up. <laughs> so I did it late. I'm doing it late. It's fine. Right? It's just what I'm doing. I like to make everything about me, including other people's birthdays. I told you about this. When it was my brother's birthday, I was so spoiled growing up that my mom couldn't deal with me pulling a strop. So she used to give me a birthday present on my brother's birthday. I, one birthday, it was my brother's birthday. And this is the thing. Uh, so because I used to get a present on my, brother, my brother's birthday all the time, I told my wife this, and she found it funny, right, that I used to get a present, and then I'd go around to everyone at his birthday party and be like, it's my birthday as well. It's my birthday. Hey. Tugging on their little tiny, tiny Tony. Tugging on their shirt. Hey. It's my birthday as well. And my brother's mates be like, I don't, I don't think it is. I'm like, well, look at this, look at this Batmobile that I got, a, like the like a big present, like a big Batmobile. Yeah, well, look at this. So, what did I bring this from home? What did I stutter? It is my fucking birthday as well. It's my birthday as well. And then my brother would be, um, would be like, Happy birthday, dear Andrew. And I'd be like, Antony, cause it's my birthday as well. And many more. <laughs> I'm I'm also the kind of guy. I'm the yo. I'm the kind of guy who sings the and many more at the end of the birthday song to make it about me. So it's my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, dear Terry. Happy birthday to you. And everyone's looking at Terry and they're doing the cheer. And then I will whip out a and many more. And then everyone looks at me and they laugh. And I've then taken the focus off my wife. <laughs> I really was an horrible cunt. So, so listen, I'm kind of biding time here. You can call me Joe, because I'm biding. Time, that is, because uh, I don't want to talk about what I planned on talking about, right? I stupidly listened to some advice on Twitter. And watched the late, late show Valentine special. And it's a two-hour show. It's a two-hour. I'm going to give you my short synopsis of it. Unbearably boring. And worse than the coronavirus and Storm Dennis. Sometimes you just think, you know, you listen to the news. I'd be like, hey, Google, what's in the news today? It's probably going to start talking behind me, right? Oh, it's not, thank God, right? And I'll say that, what's in the news? And they'd be like, coronavirus, 68,000 now with the virus. Uh, Storm Dennis batters 16,000 homes. And the late, late Valentine's show. And you're just like, is this the intro? Am I? Is this like the intro to, like, uh, you know when you see, like, there's a post-apocalyptic movie and there's, there's flashbacks and there's news reports kind of bringing you up to speed, like World War Z or, 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 or I Am Legend or... You know, Watchmen or something like that, where you know, like uh, U.S. Army, but uh, you know, 
Iran and uh, nuclear, whatever, what am I talking about? But anyway, yeah, it's worse than that. It was so boring. So thank you very much for people who wanted to obviously get something along the same lines as the toy show show that I, wa- that I watched and I reviewed. But oh my God, was this show cripplingly boring. And you know what as well? And I'm hoping to do something. I have two things that I've potentially pitched for for the RTI player, which hopefully I can get made. So I don't want to have a go. But Jesus Christ, this thing crashed about 50 times. So what was a two-hour show turned out to be a four-hour experience. And I said to my wife, I said to Borat, my wife, I said, Bor, honey, how about tonight? She made a lovely dinner. And then I was like, have we watched the Valentine's special? And she's like, great. And then it turned into a four-hour ordeal. She was pretty much wearing the cushion like uh, like a face mask, like fucking Ned Kelly, because uh, she was cringing so much. Ned Kelly? Or is, that, is he the carpet salesman? That's Des Kelly. Anyway, she was like an Australian bandit wearing a fucking pillow on her head because she couldn't watch the thing. So I kind of ruined Valentine's with that anyway. But anyway, look, I'm going to do a quick play-by-play, right? If you saw it, great. You can enjoy this. If you didn't see it, I'm going to try and set the scene as much as possible, right? But without get without without getting into the fucking minutiae of everything. Basically, the Late Late Show Valentine special, all the audience were single people, right? There was 200 single people, and they were loose, man. They were loose, I, I was like, hey, are this, is this audience a uh, French rugby team? Because they're too loose. They're too loose. <laughs> uh, just, I'm just, I'm actually glowing. I'm actually smiling now with a little glow because of that joke. There you are. A little pat on the back from Momoa there. Thanks, Dad. I mean, Jason. This is almost unlistenable. Um, so the audience were loose and I know from experience I've gone to my RTE tapings right when I was in college I think I went to about eight RTE tapings did I want to see the Craig Doyle show no did I want to see the front line with Pat Kenny four times god awful no I actually went to one late late show the famous late late show you can look it up online this happened where Pat Kenny there was a breakdancing boy there was a flying boy grounded and he was breakdancing. And he was doing unreal breakdancing. And then he said, I'm going now next week. I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to go to a breakdance competition. And Pat Kenny said, right, okay. And you know, a lot of the um, breakdancers who go to, um, who are in the competition, they're, well, they're, they're black, aren't they? I remember turning to my mate, Joe, where is he going with this? Because I was in the crowd for it. They're black, aren't they? And the kid's like, uh, yeah. Well, so when you go and you dance, this is honestly what he said. So when you go and you dance, are you going to put um, are you going to put something on your face? Are you going to colour your face? And the kid, the kid who was like five, goes, no, no, no. And Pat goes, I don't know why this was his fixation. Pat goes, so I suppose you're going to be the next biggest great white break dancer. And the kid's like, suppose, suppose so, yeah, great. Round of applause for Colm. Like, what the fuck, Pat? Pat, a man so inept that he actually thought Mattress Mick's first name was Mattress. And we have here, of course, uh, the viral uh, Mattress Mick. Mattress, what do you think of... 
Couldn't believe it. You can look that one up as well. So I've gone to a lot of these tapings. Did I want to see all the shows? No. But basically, RTE tapings are like, there's free drink at them, right? They were my pranks. When I was in college, I would go to an RTE taping for pranks, get the last bus into town from Donnybrook, uh, and then hit up the old head shop for an incense stick. Yeah? And a nice relaxing bath, if you know what I mean, huh? Out of my mind. <laughs> it was a terrible time. Terrible time. And that's all I have to say about that. But, um, so I've gone to these tapings and you want to know where your, you, hey, hey, you want to know where your cash money's going? You want to know where that TV license is going? It's going in the bellies of the people who are in the crowd because they do be rinsing the place out with wine. So I wouldn't be surprised if everyone in that crowd, the French rugby team, Toulouse, uh, had had uh, a bottle of wine each. I wouldn't be surprised because they were rowdy. When the house band starts playing Lizzo, and they start clapping. Good as hell. Oh, brilliant. So they have their bottle of wine and then they sit down and then you re- they realise, you can see it in the crowd, they realise now they have to sit through two hours of the Late Late Show. And Ryan comes out and I thought originally he was wearing a purple suit and I wrote down on my notes here, I wrote, purple suit, wow, clearly a nod to Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker. And then the lights revealed that it wasn't purple. And I know he doesn't wear a purple suit in the film. Before you start screaming back in your headphones, I can hear you. And you know what I have to say, right? And you know what I have to say? Um, I have to say that um, Tubbs... Wait, have I been calling him Pat Kenny? Ryan Tuberty. I hope I didn't just call him Pat Kenny. I feel like I did. Anyway, Ryan Tuberty. I'm not editing this. It's fucking raw! <laughs> We're keeping it raw. Um... Ryan Tubbs, um, uh, he, uh, do you know what? He's good. He's good with a crowd. You know? Is anyone worth that money? No. No one's worth that money, you know? Especially when, you know, all, loads of things could be made. I'm not having a go. I don't think you should take it away from him. You know? It's just a lot of money. And when you see... Uh, I'm not... I'm not. I'm, hey, look. I'm trying to get something fucking made in the RT player, Tony. Don't be a fucking idiot, right? So... So anyway. Everyone's going mental at Lizzo. Um, and there's a bunch of flowers with legs. Sorry, on the stage, there's a bunch of flowers that have legs. And that's the setting, right? And Ryan comes out. He's telling a few zingers, you know. And then he sets up the premise of the show. And the premise of this show, this edition of The Late Late, is that there's 200 singles in the crowd. And there's going to be the chance for couples in the crowd to pair up and win a holiday, right? 1,500 euro, a holiday. Um where they can go, I don't know, whatever, fucking holiday, whatever, shut up. Um, so basically they call down, so he calls down one girl, this girl Cara comes down, she's from Finglas, she's 25, and at the, sorry, I should say at the front of the crowd are three love seats, like two kind of couches. So Cara comes down, she's from Finglas, she's 25, she works in management, consultancy, she seems kind of bubbly. I doubt any woman alive would like to be called bubbly, but hey, Cara, you were bubbly, you seem nice. Uh, Ryan's like, hey, you know, what's the crack? Well, you know, what, what's your dating life been like? And she goes, uh, I tell you, whenever I give people a chance, they're dickheads. And everyone's like, whoa! And I thought that is edgy stuff. Like it, right? She tells a very funny story about the fact that um, I'm not doing fucking play-by-play, but whatever. She meets a guy from Tony Gall. This is going to get excruciating, right? No, just because I don't want to go play-by-play. She met a guy from Donegal. They went out for sushi. It was 24 euro. Um, she thought, that's fine. He paid for that. It was cheap enough. And then he says, here, can you revolute me 12? Curly whirly. 
Hey, remember those crab rolls you had? Well, <laughs> can you can you revolute me twelve euro? I'm dying and broke. I'm fucking. Um, that's the thing. That's my little impression of what I think that went down. <laughs> Sorry for losing it there. I just I got excited with the voice. Anyway, then I'm actually my feeling lightheaded now. Anyway, next up is Katie. Katie, I wrote down, the only thing I wrote down was not wearing a bra. Not something I should, you know, uh, whatever. You know, she's seemed, she seemed full of life. She seemed like she's having a good time. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, Cara. Then they were like, oh, who, okay, which boy do you want to be paired up? But she say some, some, she said some fella. Cara, hey, it's Cara from Fingless. She's not going to have a ring on her finger. She's not going to get a ring on her finger because she wants to get a finger. <laughs> oh. Unelectable. Unlistenable. Anyway, so then she sits down. Some fella called Ryan sits down. And then every time a boy comes down to sit next to their date, the, the, the house band start playing, Here comes the boys, boys. God awful. So Ryan sits down. He seems like a nice guy. Whatever. She said he had straight teeth. Right. That was her. And also, do you know what I like? Right. It's nice to. to I think. Um, OK. Everyone, when you ask them what they look for in a partner. Right. They say kind. Well, he had a kind face. So he's kind. Everyone says that. Right. Everyone says they prioritize kindness above everything else. Then what you swiping for? I haven't done Tinder. But what are you swiping for then? If you're prioritizing kindness, right? Everyone says they prioritize kindness, but you know what? I think they prioritize a great ass of a man rather than the kindness. I don't know what I'm talking about. Whatever, moving on. Uh, Katie comes down. She wasn't wearing the bra. Um, she's just back in from Australia. She blimped it. This is the first clanger of the night. Clang! Clanger! A clanger, I don't know if this is a comment, I don't know if this is a thing that exists or if I've, if I've, if I've created it, but the, the only thing I could call it was a clanger, because every, because a couple of times across the show, someone said something and it died on its arse, and these were a rowdy crowd, right? So it would take a lot to say something and have this crowd not laugh, but she clangered it, right? Like essentially dropped a load of scrap metal on the floor, clang, 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 dropped it on the floor, right? And the, the first clangor came from, uh, he was, uh, Ryan was like, so yeah, I, I think you apparently you've been submarined quite a lot, huh? Submarined. So can you tell us what it is to be submarined, right? An analogy, essentially, you know, that someone's there and then they disappear under the water and they pop back up like a submarine, right? And she goes, yes, I've been submarined. Um, so what submarining is basically when you have someone and they're, maybe you're hitting it off and then they disappear and then um, a couple of weeks later, they may be like, they send you a message. And Ryan's like, like a submarine, like, you know, it's like he's trying to lead her into it, you know. It's like, yeah, like kind of exactly like a submarine, like how they just send you a message. Clangered, clangered. So then she sits down. Um, so Ryan, uh, no, Ryan, uh, Terry then comes down. And Terry, here comes the boys. So Terry, Terry sits down, sits down next to her. Um, she said she liked his navy suit. We'll see how these crazy cats get on later in the episode. Then you have Daisy, right? And I thought Daisy, right? She's she seems cool, right? She's kind of cool, kind of gothy vibe, right? Uh, she's twenty six. She's a a, a mom of three, lovely, right? Great. Um, 
And then uh, Ryan says, oh, so apparently your friends would call you a, a bit of a princess, uh, high maintenance. So, uh, and then he made a bit of a zinger. He was like, your friends call you high maintenance. Um, why is it you call them friends? <laughs> Which I thought was, I thought was funny. Um, so uh, what I wrote down here, right? And I was like, right, I can take the high maintenance, right? That could be misleading, right? A bit of a princess. Ooh, alarm bells already for that. And then she's like, and what's your hobby? I'm into cosplay. Run! Whoever she says, if someone says your name, you need to fucking, fucking run. Look, I have a spider sense for speech and drama kids. I've told you this before. They scare me. There's a level of just like, you could just be saying something to them and they just smash a vase. Smash, smash a vase, I should say. You know, just this unpredictability of the speech and drama kids. She seemed like the sort of girl, and I don't know her. This is just how she came across on the show. This is how Daisy came across. I don't know her personally, right? And, you know, I, I appreciate this is coming from the point of view of I have a position of broadcast here, so I don't want to be harsh. But she seemed like the sort of person, just from the show, who would be like, oh, my God, I just hate drama. And you wouldn't believe it, just my look. I've, it seems like all the bosses I've had in my last five jobs are crazy. They're cons. All of the bosses are crazy. You know? She just seemed like someone who doesn't get on well with her boss. You mean, come on, your boss is a boss. I just don't deal well with authority. Okay, mate, all right. So before she even said to anyone that she liked anyone, I was like, every lad here needs to fucking peg it. You need to fucking wily coyote-shaped body out the fucking door. Didn't say that right, but whatever. Anyway, she then asks, uh, I saw Brian. Can Brian sit next to me? So everyone, each one's been paired off or whatever. And then, oh, this is the thing. Brian comes down. And on all the love seats that you can see on the, on the stage, you have the boy sitting on the right and the girl sitting on the left. Right? So Brian comes down to his couch to sit next to Daisy. He looks to sit on the right-hand side. Daisy doesn't seem like she wants to move. So now Brian has to sit up on the arm, on the right-hand side of the arm, because Daisy won't move down the cushion. And then he slides into the seat. And then it's like, okay, she seemed to be, she seemed to be put off with that. And then... Um, Cuts back to Ryan. The camera just cuts back to Ryan. He's like, right, I'll see how you're getting on later on. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to you in a little bit after this. And then it cuts back to them a second later, and they've swapped seats. So clearly she was like, sorry, can I actually fucking sit on the other seat? So he needed to, f- you know, ma having a go, Daisy. And if you know Daisy, don't send this to her. Anyway, sure. So yeah, and then after that, that's when the, that's when the, um, that's when the first iPlayer crash happened. So, anyway, and then uh, after, so this is about 15 minutes into it, but yet I've been trying to watch for about 40 minutes, so then it comes back on, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to relax, it's fine, because we've got, Chesney Hawks, it's me, Chesney, you remember Chesney Hawks, Ryan's talking to the audience, hey, audience of millennials, you remember Chesney Hawks from the hit in 1991, right? Anyway, cuts to Chesney Hawks, who has a fucking banger with I am the one and only. And you know what? To be fair to him, as a one-hit wonder, he was playing it. He looked incredible, right? He's about 47. He looked about 28, but if that 28-year-old smoked too much. So it's a backhanded compliment, but Chesney, that's what you looked like. You looked about 28, but you weren't looking after yourself. But, you know. You look, you look great, right? And he sings the one and only. And um, and I was thinking this because when I see one hit wonders, I sometimes worry, right? I try and stay, I try and keep my my portfolio of comedy and work that I do 
diverse, right? I like to act. I like to do this podcast. I like to do, you know, uh, you know, reviews. I like to do all. I like to do reviews. Was a fucking CV. Personal. Hey, uh, on my bottom of my CV, and then personal hobbies. I like to go. I like to go to cinema with my friend and hang out with my friends. I go to the cinema and I go bowling and I like to hang out with my friends. Personal info. What am I talking about? Anyway, um, so as someone who likes to keep a diverse comedy portfolio, <laughs> Gary is kicking off in my head, but he's not going. But he's not going to win. Uh, I see someone like Chesney Hawks, and I worry sometimes that for the for a lot of people, you know, I mean, I'm the pl- I'm the plume guy. People shout it to me on the street. I love it. Don't do it more, though. Don't do it more than people currently do it. But, you know, someone shouting Ploon at me, they're like, hey. They're like, hey, Ploon. They're like, that essentially is for them saying, they're not trying to, they're not trying to get one up on me, right? They're essentially saying, I liked that video. I laughed at it. I'm letting you know, essentially, in a very short-handed, short way, while trying to impress my friends by being a show-off. <laughs> I am trying to let you know that I like that. So, I have issues where I'm like, is this plume thing going to follow me for, you know, 30 years? Totally fine if it does. Well, currently it does. I mean, Chesney Hawks did say that he had a bit of a divorce with the song where he hated it for about 20 years, but now he's back on side. Whatever. So when I see a guy like Chesney Hawks owning it, I'm like, do you know what? Yes, that's the way to do it. It's part of you now. People love it. He's owning it. I am the one and only. And he looks incredible, right? But then then he gets up and he starts high fiving the people on the hot seat. Now, I was thinking, this guy looks... I'm not having to go at anyone who was on. I'm not having to go at Brian, um, uh, Terry, or Ryan, who were the guys who were sitting on the hot seat. But guys, Chesney, who's probably twice your age, looks looks better than you. I'm not having to go. So if I was sitting on the hot seat with my bird, and Chesney Hawks was coming along to high-five me like he was on the show, I would fucking spark him out. I would spur. He'd be coming over. I am the one. And- fucking, fucking chat to my bird. No, he fucking should be chatting to me, bird. Uh, and he'd be carried out. I wouldn't let him come near my bird. Right? I'd be worried about him running away with her. So they were able to maintain their cool. And they gave him a couple of high fives. And they were kind of dancing, you know? They were kind of like dancing along with it, which was just. Do you remember dancing? Remember, you'd have to go to a club and they'd be, you'd be dancing. And there was someone kind of attractive or whatever, you know, dancing. And you'd have to show in a kind of, not overtly sexual, because you can't be grinding up on someone, but you kind of have to show, in this dance move now, I need to show two things. One, that I'm confident. And two, that I'm unbelievable at riding, right? But I have to do it without actually doing moves that mimic riding, which is not easy to do. That's all dancing is. <laughs> well, like couple dancing. is kind of showing you that you can, you know, whatever. What am I talking about? So they're kind of dancing. So I, I, I don't envy them getting having a bottle of wine each, getting forced onto the Late Late Show, dancing to Chesney Hawks while you're sobering up. Because that's the thing. They don't, they don't top you up. You get that bottle of wine in the green room, that's, that's to last you. There's everyone there about an hour in with a headache. You know the headache you have from day drinking? You might have watched like, the rugby. And then like 4 o'clock, you, you've kind of gone back home and you're like, fucking hell. I need to keep going. So anyway, what am I talking about? Chesney, unreal. Uh, looks great. High five in the crowd. Um, and then um, and then Ryan's chatting to him, right? And I'm on the Chesney bandwagon, right? I'm loving Chesney up to this point. And then Ryan's like, so obviously you're hit there. Uh, the one and only. Great song. Great song. 
Um, of course, that's been written by Nick Kershaw. And I was like, what? Sorry, hang on, what? Are you telling me Chesney Hawks didn't even write that song? Are you telling me Nick Kershaw? Are you telling me the two things? That one, Chesney Hawks is a fraud. And two, Nick Kershaw, who already has three unbelievable bangers. He has that, wouldn't it be good if we were the, the... He has that one, I won't let the sun go down on me. And he has that one, there's a... Da, 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 da. Nick Kershaw, unbelievable bangers, right? 1984, he had like banger after banger, right? And now he has the one and only. So I'm like, why? So now I'm like, sorry, you have just been the singer of this song for the last 30 years. Why do I give a shit about you, Chesney? And then I just wrote down in my notes here, boring, boring, boring man. Go away, boring man. And then the second I player or RT player crash happened. And I couldn't get it working for another half an hour. So I'm watching for an hour and a half and I'm about 25 minutes in. Lovely stuff. They cut back to the couples on the couch. Karen and Ryan, who were the first couple, they seem pretty happy. Ryan has revealed to Karen that he first kissed someone when he was 15 at the Plowing Championships. Oh, they got a bit of banter there. Katie and Terry. Terry is the man. Um, Katie's not obviously the woman. Although, funnily enough, uh, he, uh, then they reveal that Terry is a primary school teacher and his middle name is Mary. <laughs> they get a great laugh out, out of that. Um, and then you have Daisy and Brian. Daisy, of course, is you know your one who Brian needs to fucking emigrate from, um, and um, they're faking it clearly, right? They're like, oh yeah, we're going to go see the Northern Lights. We're going to. We've decided we're going to go on holiday together, which is already. It's typical. It's typical of Daisy. I don't know Daisy, but it's typical for her to be already this deep in with Brian. Like my biggest worry about I'm 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 very susceptible to whole like yeah okay yeah. Yeah, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, 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 okay. Without actually saying no, that I, that's not something I'm into at all. So I wouldn't actually know how to say to someone, like, I actually physically don't even, if Daisy was like, let's go to the Northern Lights. I'd probably, yeah, 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 sometime, yeah, yeah, let's go to Iceland, yeah. And then I'd text her, like, five minutes later, I can't do that. That's how I communicate, right? I'm terrible for it, right? I can't just be like, I'm not going, because what do you say? I'm not going to the Northern Lights with you. No, you know? Some people just... So Daisy had somehow wrangled Brian into going and seeing the Northern Lights with him. Does this make sense to anyone? Is this... Look, if this doesn't make sense, it's just... I gotta I gotta plow through now, right? I gotta be like, Ryan at well, 15, scoring a hold off someone. I gotta plow through at the championships here. Um, and then also Daisy. This is the second clanger, clanger of the night, right? <laughs> um, she goes, so we're gonna go see the Northern Lights. And uh, Ryan, maybe you can hook us up with some flights, huh? And no one says anything. And she goes, huh? Ryanair. Clang or some drop steel on the floor. Um, and then they do an audience vote and then um to get who get who who's who's the best connected so far. And of course Daisy and Brian, who were uh, going to the Northern Lights, don't. So Brian uh, his uh, his life was spared, um, and uh, Daisy um had to, had to that was it at the end of it. And then controversially controversially the band Start playing. Do, 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 do. Essentially telling the two to beat it. You know, a lighthearted joke. But what I wrote down in my notes here was, Ryan Tuberty, you hypocrite. You hypocrite. Oh, you like beat it now, do you? Well, how about a month ago, or a year ago, or two years ago? I can't remember, well, why, why when it was, but my tone of voice hasn't changed. 
that you said that you were getting rid of all your Michael Jackson songs from your radio show. And now you're getting the house band to play Beat It. So, was there a statute of limitations? Oh, is the old uh, Finding Neverland documentary not trendy anymore? Is it going to be, oh, I'm not going to fuck with cats anymore? Or whatever. I haven't watched it. I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to be pop culture So anyway, they bring down another couple for the hot seat. Daisy and Brian are hoofed out of it. They've beat it. Um, and Brian, and Brian Ryan Tuberty has broken his promise about... Um, he has shown direct support for Michael Jackson and all of his actions. And I'm only having a laugh. I'm only having a laugh. Um, well, I'm not yeah, having a laugh. I'm just g- gentle ribbing. Uh, so then they bring down Mark. And Mark is a gay man, which I was very excited to see. Not because I'm gay. And not because I'm not like... It's not like, you know, it's not like when you have, like, there's a dog on the TV and he, and then a dog looks at the dog and they're like, hey, yes, you know, it wasn't like that. And because I'm not gay, <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about like this. <laughs> and I'm not saying that gay men are dogs. But anyway, um, they get this, uh, Mark is a gay man, which is exciting to see. It's like how far we've come on the Late Late Show, you know, uh, and then he's going to be, um, you know, paired up with another gay man, presumably. Um, and then, so this is the thing Mark says, right? He says, yeah, I'm a horse riding instructor. And Ryan says, oh, well, I tell you, I won't lower myself to a, I won't lower myself to a joke uh, about that. And I was like, I said to Terry, what's the joke? What's the, oh, and uh, you're a horse riding instructor, Mark. Oh, and um, and uh, do you fuck the horses? <laughs> Clanger. I was just se- checking there, Mark. Well, your horse riding instructor, when you're when you're when you're riding, quote unquote, the horses, is your is your Mickey in the in the in the horse? No, you can. He's a big boy. He can answer the question. Do you fuck the horse, Mark? Uh, I don't know what the joke was. It was probably a riding joke, but whatever. I didn't appreciate it because I thought he was talking about bestiality, and I don't find that funny. Anyway, Mark seemed like a nice guy. He said that his um, history of dating, he'd kind of had these five-week flings, essentially, where he'd kind of been with someone for five weeks, and that's it. And then Ryan said, hey, hey, Mark, um, uh, you know, are looks important to you? And um, Mark says, "Um, well, they'd want to be quite important. I mean, you can't have sex with a good personality. And I'm like, wow. Now we're talking about gay sex on a late lay. How how it's changed. Isn't it incredible? So I thought that was great. I mean, as 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 cool and fucking raw and all the energy was building up to that. Then he brings down this guy, Connor. And you know what? I'm not getting a good chemistry vibe here. He gives him a kind of pat pat kind of um you know hug and they sit down um and they, uh, you yeah, know it didn't seem it did it we'll come to it later. It'll cut back to them later. Then they have this god awful segment, right? And I'm going to try and steamroll through this, right? So cutting from the love seat, they then on the actual stage because the love seat's kind of part of the crowd. Then it cuts back to Ryan. And Ryan is now chatting to this 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 woman, uh, Jessica. Now, Jessica, um, she it, this is now a kind of blind date thing. So essentially what they're going to do is Jessica is going to read out a question and they're going to bring out three suitors and they're going to answer and then she's going to choose. Kind of like blind date. I've never seen a more convoluted and boring premise. What a waste of time. I actually couldn't, I couldn't believe this thing kept going. This is what happened, right? Firstly, Jessica, she seemed quite nice. She did drop a bit of a clanger when she was telling a story, right? She seemed quite charming. Um, but uh, Ryan says, can I get a memorable bad dating story? And she's like, well, funnily enough, when, when I was a goth, uh, I was quite a gothy kid growing up. And I was meeting this gothy guy. And on our first date, he said, I want to take you to my favorite place in the world. 
So I was very excited. So he brought me to a cemetery. And uh, it, was, it was weird. She made the cardinal rule of an anecdote. She didn't end with the thing. You know what I mean? She didn't end with, and I thought we were going to go somewhere nice. Ryan, we ended up in a cemetery. She didn't do that. So because she said, so he brought me to this place. It turned out it was a cemetery. And it was, oh, God, it was weird. Clanger. I don't know where to laugh. Clanger. So no one laughed. Um, so so and then and then Ryan Zinger, he said, cemetery. Um, were you ghosted? Pay the chap double. Pay the chap double. Get the sport. Get rid of sport and pay this chap double. Um, so then uh, they bring out. So this is where it gets really convoluted, right? There's three stools and there's one Jessica, right? They bring out the first guy. His name is what's his name? Kevin or whatever. Seems nice. Apparently, he makes Viagra. He has a kid. He, um, no, they bring out JJ, right? Sorry, they bring out JJ first. JJ seems nice. Um, he's got a bit of a shit fade. Um, not really her style, you know. In terms of silhouette, he's got kind of baggy trousers. I wasn't fond of his trousers, and his, I wasn't fond of his blazer. That's all I can really judge it on. Do you know what I mean? Then they bring out, um, I'm going to steamroll through this. Then they bring out the next guy, Kevin. He seems like a top contender. He seems like the most handsome, the most that she'd be interested in. And then they bring out this guy, Muhammad Ali, right? And I'm pretty sure they said he was from Karachi. If that's the case, he's, you know, Pakistani. Um, Muhammad Ali. Not the real, hey. You know, I was expecting, you know, float like a, no, it was a different, you know. Muhammad Ali in in, in the Muslim world is like, a, is like a John Smith name. And actually, this is going to sound like I'm doing a bit. And I am doing a bit, but I'm not. Too, I'm not being facetious when I say this. I actually think, I actually have to applaud, and I and I do think it's, you know, the Muslim names are they're so. Sorry, no, this is gonna. No, forget it, forget it. I'm not doing. It. I'm not talking about it. No, I will. Fuck it, right? I'm not. This isn't. I'm not doing a thing. Like I'm not gonna fucking. Not, this isn't even a bad thing. Not even a bad thing. I'm just gonna say, Muslim names. They're very committed to to, to Islam, you know. Like, they're, they're proper, oh, no, like, no, I'm going to finish this, right? I remember working in a call center, right? And I remember, you'd have to call all the names in alphabetical order. And I remember calling about 20 Muhammad Islams in a row. And you just wouldn't get that in any other religion. You wouldn't get a chap calling himself, hey, how you doing? My name's uh, Jesus Catholic. How you doing? Or, uh, this, is, this is my pal, uh, Buddha Buddhist. How, you know? Hey, uh, Moses Jew. What's, what's the crack? How are you getting on? See, wasn't that bad? I'm just saying. Anyway. So anyway, Muhammad Ali, not the real... No, he is the real... He's not, you know, not the boxer. Uh, comes out. So you have these three lads, right? So you're like, okay, whatever. This is taking about 20 minutes for these lads to come out in the first place. So they're like, okay, let's get started. And then they're like, oh, hang on, we have another suitor. And then you got this guy, Kevin. No. Whatever. You got another fella comes out. Um, Mark. No, Daniel. Fucking doesn't matter you have these three lads right and then this guy daniel walks out and daniel he isn't necessarily as svelte or as stylish as the other lads right he's not he's by no means a big guy but he'd be the sort of guy who if he was on x factor louis walsh would be like daniel you're you're so much fun you know they love you you go out there you're having fun and they love you so um he comes out and then they're like and then ryan's like oh well, there's no stool here for Daniel. So this is a, this is where the twist happens. I'm like, oh, what's this? So Daniel, you now have to get rid of someone and take their seat. And then the audience is like, oh. 
And then Daniel, who seems so fucking shy. It seemed like this is the, his worst nightmare. He's like, okay, well, does anyone want to go? <laughs> no? Right, well, I I want to go in the middle, so... so. So then JJ, who would have been the top contender, got the boot. JJ in the middle, who would have been the top contender, probably she she gave, kind of was giving him sexy eyes. Then he had to go. So then you have the guy Daniel, who's after booting out the top contender. You're like, all right, well, look, the twist is over. Let's get on with this fucking car crash. Can she just ask the question, right? And then they bring in another fella. They bring out uh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Martin. And Martin's a big tough dub. They bring out Martin, and they're like, all right, whatever, the last twist. And then they get her boy, her brother on the phone. And now her brother has to decide which one she's gonna, he's going to swap, swap with. So now the brother says, uh, the chap in the middle. So now Martin swaps with Daniel for no reason. Daniel, who came out, who booted out the top contender, has now been booted out by the new top contender because he was pretty buff in Martin, right? So now, right, can we get on with this thing, right? And they're about to start. And then another fella comes out. Another fella, Jason, a Michael Bublé-looking chap. He comes out, he doesn't say a word, and she just says, no, I'm not going to swap anyone else out. Can you know, No. And he's like, he's like, oh, okay. And he leaves. And then it would if if there was anyone here on the producer, they should have been like, all right, that's enough. Let's not bring out the name. They bring out another fella, Tom, right? No, John, sorry, John, who just seems like from his pics, he's the funny guy, huh? Is John, the funny guy, the sort of guy who pulls an eyebrow in a photo because he's funny. So John comes out with his eyebrow. I don't think he did an eyebrow, but he seemed like the type who would do an eyebrow. And then she goes, no, 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 no more people, uh, no more people. Like, what a waste of time. So they get rid of John. And then she asks a question. And guess what the question is? What's your ideal date? Great. And did they have an answer prepared? No. They knew they were going on live TV. And they didn't have an answer prepared. So the first lad, who was a bit of a farmer, right? He says, um, well, you can come back to my farm. I've got a pony. Now, you're not gonna, I'm not going to let you ride it, but I'll show you the pony. Which my wife, my wife, which Borat next to me said, is he saying that he's not going to have sex with her, but he's going to show her his dick? And I was like, that's the only way, that's the only thing to come from that. My ideal date for you, Jessica, is look, I'm not going to ride you, but you can see my penis. So, <laughs> he starts dabbing, right? Martin, the new top contender, because he's buff, says, and again, clearly hadn't rehearsed this. He's like, right, well, um, I was thinking if it's a, if it's a, he's dub. He's like, well, I'm thinking if it's a kind of a early thing, we can go for a brunch, you know, maybe a bottomless brunch. Uh, or, or if it's a, or if it's late, we can go on like a bit of a pub crawl. Essentially, I want to get you locked. Right. And then Muhammad Ali, the Muhammad Ali answers. Uh, and he's got a brilliant, he's got a brilliant accent. I, can't, I don't know what county he's from, right? He goes, right, okay, well, what's he say? He says, Okay, like so uh, this this might sound this might sound like a bit bad, but I was thinking that uh, what we could do is we could go for a dinner. That'll be normal. And then this thing might sound a bit bad. Hellfire Club. <laughs> we'll go for dinner. That's normal. And then this might sound bad. Uh, the Hellfire Club. And she's like, OK. And I thought that's pretty clever. She's a goth. He'll bring her to the Hellfire Club. That's nice. She ends up um, wanting to get 
wanting to go with the old French rugby team chap in the middle, wants to go Toulouse, right? I'm gonna, I am gonna drive this joke into the ground, right? She ends up going with the chap in the middle, who wants to get her locked. Great, what a complete waste of time for everyone. But I suppose, like, what you know, it's difficult to think off the top of your head. This is what I would, this is what I would have done, right? If she had said, "What's your ideal date?" First thing I would have done is, hang on, I'm gonna have a sip of water just for emphasis. What's your ideal date, Tony? And I'd say, "Hi," and I'd take a deep breath. I'd level, level the playing field here. Everyone else is clamoring. They're like, "I, I, I bring you that hellfire club. Bring me my pony." Right? Hey guys, calm down. Jessica, can I say you are stunning, and I can't believe you're 32. You look, hey. You look about 16. <laughs> not that that's, you know, I, 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 not my pride, but just look, you look young. Not my, not that I, <sighs> so, you look about, you look, whatever, you look young. You look younger than your age. Jessica, you strike me as a real woman. And as a real woman, you deserve the finer things in life. The finest food, the finest wine, the finest guy and then the camera would pan down from my head revealing me holding two thumbs up pointing at my chest and it would zoom in on the thumbs and it would realize that my thumbs are shaking and i'm actually really nervous <laughs> oh, this whole this whole confidence thing had been an illusion the finest guy <laughs> And let me tell you about our day, Jessica. My hand's still shaking. I would take you out in my car. Well, it's me and my wife's car. We share it. We shared custody of the car. I would bring you out in my car, Jessica, and I would bring you on a nice, cool night out to the back of uh, Dublin Airport. There's a little slip road there. It's uh, nothing bad. No, nothing, it's going to sound bad. No, nothing bad. But we. it's a great place to see uh, the planes land. And as one plane takes off, I would say, that plane, you can call that my heart because it's soaring for you. And as a plane lands, I would take out from the boot a bag full of cash. I would take out a bag full of cash. And I would say, you see that plane? It's yours. I bought you a plane. And then I would put my shaky thumbs back in my pocket and my face would go bright red. So, Jessica, you decide <laughs> who you want. Anyway, so it moved on anyway. They got Marty Pello. Marty Pello from Wet, 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 uh, who came out, sang his classic banger. Yeah, feel it in my fingers. And it, the best bit of that song. Now, I have to be honest, it's the worst rendition I've ever seen of it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm fond of Marty Pello. But I uh, didn't think that was great. Um, and he had, yeah, I love that bit. It's written on the window everywhere I go. So he sings Love, Love Is All Around Me. And I was thinking, do you know what? It's a shame that he didn't come out and sing Goodnight Girl. But do you know what? A couple of minutes later, Tubbs goes here. Give us a bit of Goodnight Girl. <laughs> All right, you hear me so deep. Banger. It's such a banger, right? 
And then he tells a nice story. Marty Pello from Wet 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 is on the late. This is still. This is actually what I'm talking about. I still can't believe I'm talking about this. Marty Pello, the lead singer of Wet Wet Wet, is on talking to Ryan Tuberty. And actually, they seem to get on really well. They seem like they seem like they were old 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 pals. And he tells this story about the most romantic thing he's heard, which was his father when he fell when his father Marty Pello's father fell for his mother. His mother was a ticket collector, or as he said in his lovely Glaswegian accent, she was a clippy clippy. Shit accent, I did a shit version of that, and I hate myself. Um, and she was a clippy. So his dad used to get the bus every single day to follow her around and uh, ask her out. And everyone was like, "Ah." Now, I've got, I take umbrage with these stories of being romantic, right? Because a lot of these stories you hear, they're usually told of, like, my parents. So you can kind of picture them, a 90-year-old or an 80-year-old man being like, well, I, I followed her around for days and I said, I are a girl for me and I won't take no for an answer. Right? And, and then everyone's saluting, you know, it's your grandparents' 60th anniversary. That's the kind of story you hear. I'm like, OK, you, uh, no, hang on. No, hang on, granddad. Hang on. You fucking followed her. How many times did she say no before this? Like, I'm not having a go. I am having a go. And I'm not saying that things should change or that PC culture has gone mad or whatever, but a lot of these stories are pretty void of consent. If you look at the, the notebook, right? Ryan Gosling, his character, right? It's in the 50s or whatever, 40s, 50s, I think, whatever. And then he goes, um, he's trying to chat up Rachel McAdams. He hangs, hang, from a Ferris wheel saying he's going to kill himself unless she goes out with him. Like, like, what's this, you know, these are the kind of stories you hear. So, you know. Well, I knew that she worked on the deli, so I went down and got a butter, I got a butter roll every day. I must have had a I couldn't even eat butter. I couldn't even eat butter, but I had so many rolls. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you know, stories have changed. Anyway, um, how did that bit do? Save it for Vicker Street, Tony. Anyway. So anyway, Marty Pello then does a couple of more songs. And then, do you know what? I'm going to be sincere here. I was watching it with my wife. Marty Pello starts singing his new song. And actually, it sounded great. He sounded unreal. And this is a thing I love about my wife. She sings along to songs that she's never heard before. And I've never had more proof of it as when Marty Pello, who she didn't even know who he was, starts singing a song off his brand new album that hasn't even been released yet. And she starts singing along. I love it. Um... Oh, and also, fucking hell, I was so terrified that the idiots in the crowd who were clapping along to the fucking one and only were going to start clapping along to Goodnight Girl. Caught up in your wishing well, you're up. You know, luckily they didn't. They were clapping along to Love Is All Around Me, which I feel like there needs to be a rule, right? If everyone's clapping, fine, clap. But if you find that it starts dissipating and it's less than 50%, everyone needs to stop. You can't have, I, I honestly don't think in a room... You can have less than 30% of people clapping. 30%, if only 30% of people are clapping, it's just, it's it's dog shit. It just, yeah, whatever, one more time. But yeah, people should, you know, shut up. So then, for whatever reason, oh, God, this is boring. Anyway, um, yeah. So then Ryan uh, says, so we have uh, another sponsored content. If you thought the ads were good, if you thought, if you thought there was loads of uh, sponsored content in the ads, well, there's even more. Uh, Supermax, blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, you're giving a, they give a hundred, what am I trying to talk about here? Basically, Ryan Tuberty 
gave the crowd, uh, everyone in the audience, a 100 euro voucher for Supermax, and they fucking lost it. They went apeshit, and I would have too. I was actually sickeningly jealous, even though I had in the fridge a fucking two kilo mega box that I bought on Saturday when I came in from the Bray Comedy Festival. Also, guys, thanks very much. Everyone who came out to the Cork show, um, and thank you so very much for letting me rinse you through footy Friday tunes. I mean, what a privilege it is for me, a man with glasses, to slag big, tough boys. Uh, what a privilege it is for me not to get bashed. I was literally calling the chap a wanker on uh, Friday. How are you doing, Sean? Thanks very much. And then I came in after doing two shows then. I did the Bray Comedy, which was really good fun as well. And I was pretty drunk. A couple of the lads, they were buying me pints. And this is, this, is, this, is my, this is what I do. I need to reappropriate my relationship with food, right? I came in with a two-kilo box. Well, not two. It was a heavy enough box of... Um, Mega box, it's a big spice bag times 10, right? And I kind of came in holding it over my head like fucking Gryffindor. 10 points for chicken ball, you know? And uh, and then obviously we were watching that on the Sunday, so I still had loads left over in the fridge. And I'm still jealous of people getting a takeaway. I'm jealous of people, you know, I feel, I feel, I feel like when I see other comedians performing, I'm like, oh shit, why am I performing even though I perform? And then even though I have a takeaway, I'm jealous of other people's takeaway. So I freaked out when I saw people were, I was like, that's shit, fuck them. Don't know why, don't ask me why. And then I said, look at that, Terry, they're getting 10, like, for just for just for being single on the Late Late Show, they're getting 10 free Supermax meals, essentially. I mean, even if, maybe, maybe, yeah, about 10 free meals. And then Terry goes, 10 meals. We wouldn't get 10 meals out of 100 quid. And then I looked down and she was like, you weren't going to share that with me. And then she's angry at me about a voucher that neither of us have. And you're fucking dead right. I'm not going to share it with you, Terry. I like private eating. It's one of my greatest joys in the world is going into a different room and eating a fucking chicken. I love it. I don't know what's wrong with me, right? Getting a fucking mega box. I'm meant to be doing a 10K that I haven't even, whatever. New year, new you. So anyway, they got, oh my God. So anyway, then they rolled out this stupid agony OAP thing and they have Maeve, not Maeve, Maura Higgins. It wasn't Maeve Higgins' mother. It was Maura Higgins from Love Island's mother, Sharon Higgins. They had Pat Spillane, who apparently, don't know this, one of the greatest foot, Irish footballers of all time, uh, you know, gaff footballer. Isn't that mad? I don't know that. And if someone, do you know what? If someone was telling me that, if I was at the Gossies and someone's like, oh, you know, I had... um. Had Pat's, I do a GAA podcast, had Pat Spillane on. I'd be like, okay, because I don't know. That's just not my wheelhouse. I wouldn't be like that. I'd actually be like, oh, my God, tell me more, because I'm not an asshole. don't know if you listened to my episode on the Gossies, but someone was rude to me. So they had Pat Spillane on, and they had who I thought was going to be Mary Harney. They said they had a health minister on. It turns out it was, um, um, what's her name? Fucking, I don't know. Oh, no, I'm skipping ahead. Oh, yeah, they also had these old couples who were boring as fuck. I don't even want to go into this. There was a couple, there was Jimmy and Mary, right? This is just quickly, I'll talk about this. They had these couples on who had basically been together and then had a, been separated for like 40 years and found each other again. And the first couple was Jimmy and Mary. And I had every intention to look on this, being like, oh my God, aren't they cute? Oh, come on. They were boring as fuck. Mary has no right being on TV. Jimmy, he got a bit of flair. He was living it up for the crowd. Whenever he got a laugh, he would wave. You know, people do like, they don't really know what to do when people are laughing. So the people, he'd say something that he didn't realize was funny. People would laugh and he'd start waving. And I fully get what was going on. But Mary blimped it. Mary was, oh, shit, I'm meant to be doing star ratings on this. Mary is one star. Mary fucked it. Mary was terrible. Jimmy, you want, you know, I know you've been married twice before. You might want to make it fucking three. <laughs> I'm only having to go. But anyway, they had other couples on. It was boring. Oh, they had a nice lesbian couple on. 
And it's nice to see someone prioritizing their happiness. This woman, I think her name was what, uh, I don't know, I don't know what her name was. Um, she kind of came out when she was 40. Her husband apparently helped her, similar kind of Schofield vibe, and then she found this partner. And I don't know, it's just nice to see old gay couples, you know. It, it's nice to see that represented on TV, you know. And I'm not trying to be fucking woke and just trying to fucking show off or anything like that, you know. But it is nice to see, you know what I mean? It's nice. I don't know what it's like to be like that. But I know what it's like to see people exactly like me on TV. So I don't know what it's like not to see people like me on TV. So I can only assume that it's nice for people to see that. Whatever. It was boring anyway. They let the side down. (laughs) They let the gay community down. It was boring. No, I'm only messing. I'm only messing. So then... um, so then, whatever, they had this agony OAP thing with fucking Maura Higgins' mother, Pat Spillane, apparently the greatest footballer of all time, and Mary O'Rourke, was it? I don't fucking know. Anyway, it was boring as fuck. They ended up voting for the couple in the middle, and then they and the last fucking, this is the last, oh, oh, sorry, there was a couple more clangers. Sorry, I know I'm going on here, right? And this is boring as fuck. It's boring for me. I am never listening and taking your advice again and watching this shit. So don't worry. This will be the last one. But there was a couple more clangers, right? Someone in the crowd said, why are Irish women into Mammy's boys, right? And then um, Sharon, whatever her name is, Sharon Higgins says, well, I wouldn't call my son a mummy's boy. You know, he does his own ironing and all this stuff. And then Ryan goes, does he change his own nappy? Clang, clangs. Sorry, someone's dropped some steel on the floor here because there's a clanger here. And no one laughed. Um, and then she even didn't, she didn't even make a joke. She was like, he doesn't have a nappy, he's a man. What? So that also was a kind of a echo clanger, kind of a bonus clanger. And then uh, and then later on, uh, Ryan said something like, um, uh, "Is uh, so who, uh, it was Aiden, Aiden or Big? Now I should say, I'm a, I'm a fan of Ryan Tuberty here, so I'm not having a go. I'm just, you know, I'm just I'm just having a little roast. Uh, and then he said, and then he said something like, um, Oh, so I guess it's, you know, he made some Sex in the City joke, being like, oh, I suppose it's like Team Aiden or Team Big. Clang! It was small clang, because he moved on fairly fairly quick. But it did die in its arse. Um, and as a man who's had many a clanger, um, I can only assume his heart was beaten out of his chest. I imagine when people were talking back to him, he couldn't even fucking hear them. He could just hear in his ears. Anyway, then uh, they go to, anyways, boring, 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 boring. And the Agony OAPs then choose their favourite couple. Wait, there was one more clanger. Cara, the first couple, they said, so how do you, how are you getting on? What have you, what have you learned about each other? Kind of, this is the selling point. This is kind of prove that you're good enough to win this holiday. And Cara goes, well, you know, I guess, I guess we can use that, that, that Supermax voucher for, uh, for, for when we're hung over tomorrow. And this was the biggest clanger. It was, a, it was a clangor so big, you couldn't even hear it, but she actually jumped with fright with the fact that no one laughed, right? It was the biggest clangor in, in the show. And then he said something boring. Then next up, you had the couple in the middle or whatever, and Terry, a.k.a. Mary, uh, said something like, he's like, now listen, do you know what? And this is the thing. He held attention. This is what he did. He didn't try and balk. He didn't try and... He did what I did, where I was like, listen... I, I'm not joking here when I say this. There's an actual spark here. When I saw Katie, I kind of felt a bit of a spark. And you know, I feel it now. So look, whether you vote for us, it was kind of just cool. I feel there's a bit of a spark. That's all he said. It wasn't great. Just cool. And then the other couple blimped it as well. They said, oh, yeah, we're going to be together for 30 years. We love Sunday roasts. Ah, on the left. Ah, on the right. Center couple got it. And then the agony, the agony thing 
group uh, chose them and they won. And they couldn't even just, this is how convoluted it got then. They couldn't even just give the couple in the middle. They couldn't even just give this couple in the middle. Okay, great, you've won an award. They said, okay, here's two envelopes. And they gave both of the envelopes. They said one has nothing, one has the holiday. And they gave both the envelopes. He opened the envelope, there was nothing in it. It goes, wah, 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 wah. Then she opens the thing and it goes, ding, 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 you won. And then he says, oh, great. So, uh, Katie, you won. Uh, but look, you won €1,500. Euro. Who are you going to split it with with the, with the holiday? And she goes, him, obviously. I was like, okay. And then the iPlayer crashed again. So that's my uh, that's my. So why like what's the point? Why bring out fifty rotating lads so they ask them one boring question? Boring, 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 boring. I can't believe that is trying to compete with the internet. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Come check out my shows on the iPlayer uh, <laughs> when they happen. Um. So yeah, come here to me. Uh, that's it. That's all. That's all I have to say. If you like this format, if you like me talking about uh, Irish uh, late night TV with a play-by-play, uh, feel free. Let me know. I might do more of it. Although I will fucking never watch that show again. The the Valentine special. I, it was just too boring. Unless there's a good guest on the late late. Um, and again, I think Tubbs is a he's a he's a, he's a good host. He's a, hey, he's a good guy. Hey, you got to lay off Tubbs. He's a good good guy. If um. If you would like to see me, guys, yeah, this is the end of the show. This is the end of the show. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, I hope you had a lovely Valentine's. Thanks, everyone, again. To came to, okay, blah, 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 blah. Um, okay, I'm not doing a rap. Um, if you would like to come and see me live, uh, I'm in the middle of my Pure Gras tour. Um, that's four dates under the belt. Uh, and I have Limerick on Thursday, the 20th of February. Limerick in Dolan's there. Let people know. Um, it's selling okay. It's selling all right. I think it's over half there, but it would be good to kind of fill that place out. You don't need to know this, but hey, I told you, I'm not editing this. It's fucking raw. Um, I've got Hoth on the 22nd. Sorry, guys, that's sold out. Um, and then Ratto in Mead on March 14th after having a little break. And then the Spirit Store in Dundalk, March 21st. Uh, and then the next available date will be March 28th uh, in Cavanagh's in Port Leash. That should be good. Good old fun there in Cavanagh's. And then do keep your eyes peeled on the Sausch because uh, I'm going to be hopefully doing more. Uh, shit show lives live podcasts versions of this in some capacity will it be me and a guest will it be me trying to talk and then Gary takes over and apologises on, beh- on my behalf for the audience who knows but um, we're gonna we're gonna give it a lash we're gonna give it a lash um, and I'm also hoping to ah, you know I'm hoping to do more podcasts more actual more a different type of podcast and get more out across the week because I do enjoy doing them even though I have to fucking do the same one well actually I think this one was way better I'm glad I did it twice. You know what? When life gives you lemons, record a second podcast. And as always, I love you too.